This is Dina Weiss for Hadar on Parashat Lech Lecha, Growing with Authenticity. One of the most defining aspects of Abraham's relationship with God is blessing. God is consistently blessing Abraham and promising that Abraham will be a source of blessing for others. Although blessings are common throughout the Torah, the mechanism of blessings, what they do and how they work, can be opaque. Rabbi Menachem Nachem of Chernobyl, the Maor Enayim, sees something in the language of blessing, Beracha, which teaches us not only what it means to be blessed by God, but also what it means to live a holistic religious life. Va'avarachaka, Lashon Havracha, Ki HaTorah Hi Eitzachayim, Ve'kutcha Brichu Ve'oraita Chad, Nikra Gamken Eitzchayim, Ve'zehu Ilana Ravrava. And I will bless you. Avarachaka is the language of grafting. Havracha. For the Torah is a tree of life, and God and the Torah are one, and also called the tree of life. And this is the great tree, and it is grafted to the small tree, which is a human being. That is, I will bless you meaning I will graft you, like a tree onto another tree. The Maorinaya makes a beautiful and instructive pun on the root bet reish chaf. He notes that this root, which means to bless, livarech, when conjugated differently, takes on the seemingly unrelated botanical meaning of grafting the branch of one tree onto another, lehavrich. Accordingly, the connection between these two roots is what accounts for the mechanism of the blessing. When God, the source of life, goodness, and bounty, blesses you, what he is doing is grafting you onto him, as it were, as a branch to the trunk of a tree. What makes this image so beautiful is the way in which blessing comes in such a direct and unmediated way from the source of blessing to the recipients. To be blessed by God is to be nurtured by him and to be inextricable from him. However, the Maorinayim does not only speak about the large tree, which is God, and the smaller tree, which is humanity. He first mentions the Torah, which is a tree of life. Formally, referring to the Torah is what enables the Maorinayim to transfer the arboreal imagery from the Torah to God. There is no verse that refers to God explicitly as a tree, but the verse in Mishlei does refer to the Torah as a tree. He is then able to add that to the notion that God and the Torah are identified with one another, and God becomes a tree of life through the transitive property. But there is also something more substantive which can be gleaned from this imagery about the Torah itself and what it means to be in a blessed relationship with it. Throughout the Tanakh and rabbinic literature, righteous people and those who follow in God's Torah are referred to as trees. This is expressed clearly and beautifully by the psalmist in the very first chapter of Tehillim. Ashrei ha'ish asher lo halach ba'atzat rishaim, uvederech chataim lo amad, uvomoshav leitzim lo yashav, ki im b'torat Adonai chefzo, uvetorato yehege yomam v'alayla, v'haya ke'et shatul al palge ma'im, asher piryo yitain v'ito, v'alehu lo yibol v'chol asher ya'ase yatzliach. Fortunate is the man who did not walk in the counsel of the wicked, did not stand in the path of the sinners, 
and did not dwell among the scoffers. Rather, his desire is in God's Torah, and he meditates on this Torah both day and night. He will be like a tree planted by streams of water, who gives forth fruit in season and whose leaves do not wither, and who is successful in everything that he does. Traditionally, the image of the Torah as a tree and the image of the righteous person as a tree have proceeded on parallel lines. Both of these associations are robust and well-known, but do not clearly intersect. The Maor Anayim's imagery of grafting allows us to understand that the tree of the righteous person and the tree of the Holy Torah are not parallel to one another, they are one another. And having a blessed relationship with the Torah depends on recognizing this interdependence. When we understand that people and the Torah are grafted onto one another, growing as the same tree, we understand that human beings are in fact the Torah itself. In light of this, the questions that we need to ask about ourselves and our relationship to the Torah need to change. Often we see ourselves as submitting to the demands of the Torah, melding our behavior or identity into what the Torah calls us to be. Or alternatively, when we find ourselves chafing against one of the Torah's strictures, demands, or attitudes, we may find ourselves trying to modify the Torah instead. But when we see ourselves in the Torah as branches of the same tree, the question is no longer about whether or not we want to submit to the Torah or whether we want the Torah to change and conform to us. The question to ask is, are we, that is the Torah and myself, growing? The question is not, am I obeying? The question is, am I being authentic? Am I listening to my highest self, the one that is closest to and most in sync with what God wants from me and what I want to be able to accomplish with God's help and guidance? When we read from and receive the blessing of the Torah's guidance, we say a blessing on the Torah in turn. In light of this teaching, the imagery of the bracha should be even more pronounced and resonant, that God gave us the Torah of truth and planted eternal life within us. Asher natan lanu tarat emet, olam nata The blessing that we make on the Torah is a reflection of a blessed relationship with the Torah, one in which we feel firmly planted and well-grounded, one that feels natural and mutually nourishing. This is a model of a relationship to knowledge which is completely congruent and natural. This ideal is represented by the not yet realized ideal of the trees in the Garden of Eden, which were supposed to taste a certain way, but ended up tasting different. Rabbi Huda, Rabbi Shimon Amar, She'avral HaTivoy, She'kach Amar LaHakadosh Baruch Hu, Desha, Mazria Zera, Eitz Peri, Oseh Peri Lemino, Mahapri Ne'echal, Af Ha'etz Ne'echal, Vihi Lo Asetakin, Rabbi Yehuda, the son of Rabbi Shimon, said, The earth violated the commandment. For God said to her, Let the earth put forth vegetation, plants yielding seed, and fruit trees that bear fruit of every kind. Just as the fruit was edible, so too the wood was edible. But she did not do so. Rather, the earth brought forth vegetation, 
plants yielding seed of every kind, and trees bearing fruit, with the seed in it of every kind. The fruit was edible, but the wood was not edible. According to Rabbi Shimon, the tree of knowledge was supposed to taste consistent and congruous with itself. No part of the tree, not its bark nor its branches, would taste differently than the fruit. It would all be a harmonious whole. When the tree is divided into edible and inedible, accessible and inaccessible components, our relationship to it changes. We need to ask, is this part of the tree healthy for me? Or is this something that I should be eating or rejecting? But in the ideal, everything is edible, and we naturally understand the good and the right. The goal is to move back to a place of intuiting, of not needing to ask, because there is a perfect and satisfying match between the taste of the fruit and the taste of the tree. Although the imagery of grafting is very compelling, sweet, and beautiful, it is also challenging to understand when seen through a legal lens. Halachically, grafting one tree to another is considered to be a violation of the Torah's prohibition of mixing different species of plants, trees, and animals. However, the prohibition on grafting only applies to distinct species, like an etrog and an apple. Two trees of the same species, though they don't look alike, may be grown together. As the Rambam explains, Yesh minin bizra'im hamin ha'echad nifrad l'tzurot harbe mipnei shinoi ha'mekomot va'avodah sh'ovdin ha'aretz ad she'yeira'eh kishnei minin v'afal pi she'ein domin zelazeh ho'il v'hein min echad e'nan kilayim zabazeh There are species of plants where the single species has been dispersed into many different forms because of the change in places or the way that they work the land, to the extent that they will look like two different species. And even though they are not similar to each other in appearance, because they are actually one species, they are not considered to be illicitly mixed with one another. These laws contain within them the acknowledgement that sometimes two kinds of vegetation that look incompatible are actually a single species and considered to be identical for the purposes of the law of mixed plantings. This is true for our tree as well. Two keepers of the Torah, or a person who wants to learn from the Torah and the Torah itself, can appear at odds with one another because of changes that have occurred through generations of breeding and cultivation. Yet this acknowledgement provides a promise that we can grow and thrive together. And perhaps in a few generations of conscientious planting and growing, the diversity will give way to a new harmonious whole. The question of how to become the Torah and how to grow together in a way that enriches both the root and the branch, but doesn't deny either, is reflected by the Midrash Sifrei. Ya'arov kematar lichi, let my words drop like rain. Ma matar ze yored al ha'ilanot, v'notein vahem matamim l'kol echad v'echad, l'fi mashahim begefen, l'fi mashahim bezayit, l'fi mashahim bateina. Kach divrei Torah, kulam achat, v'yesh bahem mikra u'mishna halachot v'agadot. Let my words drop like rain. Just as rain falls on the trees and gives a taste to each individual one, the right one for the grapevine, the right one for the olive, the right one for the fig, so two words of Torah. They are all one, but they have among them Torah, 
Mishnah, Halacha, and Agadah. The Midrash's comparison of the Torah to water demonstrates the mutual relationship between the Torah's learners and observers and the Torah itself. In order for us to grow, we need to be rained upon, but in order for the Torah to be useful, it needs to have us to moisten and nourish. By learning and observing the Torah, we make the Torah what it is. It is defined by being taught, and the form that it takes, grape or fig, is determined by we, the recipients. Water is inherently neutral. It falls on everything equally. We as the seeds need to turn it into what it will be. The Torah, then, is a hybrid of who you already are and who you want to and can become. And it is almost meaningless to talk about the Torah outside of its interpretation. Every time you touch the Torah, it changes. Just as we are transformed by the Torah, the Torah is transformed by us. This mutuality is sweet, but it is also quite difficult. It means that we can neither abandon ourselves nor the Torah. It means that we are responsible for the Torah's survival, just as we need the Torah's warmth and guidance in order to survive. We have to try to move away from our adversarial dichotomy of compulsion and disobedience to a cohesive mindset that says we are in this together and we need all of our wisdom in order to grow. Wishing you a Shabbat of harmonious growth. Shabbat Shalom. Thank you for listening to our weekly Debray Torah. To see more from our archive, please visit hadar.org slash Torah.